Thanks for tuning into Upward Way Podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved, and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is an international evangelist and founder of BE Ready Ministries, L. Robert W.J. Thotimpuri. Welcome to Upward Way. Thank you very much, Brother Maro. Um, it's a privilege to testify of God's goodness in our lives, and it's amazing how God works. So praise the Lord. I'm glad to be here. You have just touched on a very important point. It's amazing the way God works. I know, based on a bit of research, that you were brought up in an Adventist home from tender age. So what I wanted to do as we start this interview is just to you know, give us a little overview as to what life was like for you from your childhood days growing up. That's a lot of years to go through, but by God's grace, let's see how we can do that. It's amazing. By God's grace, uh, I have been born into an Adventist home, a Seventh-day Adventist home. My mother is uh, a pastor's daughter. My father was a Roman Catholic who got uh, attended some meetings and got uh, knowledge of the truth and accepted Seventh-day Adventism and came into Seventh-day Adventism. They eventually got married. And here I am, along with my sister. Uh, we're only two siblings. So I am a third-generation Seventh-day Adventist, I claim, from uh, my mother's side. But that is no ticket to heaven. I want to reiterate that point because uh, we grew up. I used to be very shy, very timid, afraid. And I have to say for 38 years of my life, I could count probably less than 50 times where I went before the church. Remember Wednesday prayer meetings, Friday prayer meetings, um, Sabbath sessions. And then you have a series of meetings that go on during the year sometimes never wanted to be in the front. In fact, I have to say this, when I was a little child, my mother used to teach me the memory verses for Sabbath school. I would tell them at home. But when I go to the class and the teacher asks, can you tell your memory verse? My mouth won't open. I was so shy, so timid, I could say nothing. So less than 50 times in 30 years, by coax or by peer pressure or by my parents' force, I went to the front, but when I go to the front, I never look at the audience. I would just put my head down with a piece of paper, read what has to be done and sit down or come back. That was me. But I praise the Lord for my parents. Uh, they trained as well. They trained us really well and they lived the life. So that is what caught on with us. And we were in this life of um, just doing whatever we want to do. Until I had to have a rotated Damascus experience, small one, like four. I'll stop there for now. I don't want you to share too much just yet. But you, you spoke about a very important thing because today I just introduced you as an international evangelist. But you said maybe for the first 30-something years of your life, you were pretty shy. And it maybe prevented you from being you know, front and center. So what do you think caused that shyness? I don't know for sure, but um, 
maybe it's just uh, because uh, so many people i lived in a uh, newswit gifford memorial hospital campus in andhra pradesh in india that's where my parents worked that's where i grew up so now being there a lot of people were very talented and they go up and they their um, presentation is amazing how they can stand there and say things and sing and talk and everything else so growing up as a small child seeing all that uh, was kind of overwhelming because uh, i couldn't do nothing let me say this when i went to as i became a teen and uh, adult as well when into adult sabbath school i would sit there and somebody would give a very good uh, point of the lesson and i would say wow what a beautiful point why didn't it come to me you know so i don't know maybe the peer pressure of all the people doing so good and so well and i'm not able to do much probably that even took me further into a shell i would think i don't know yes brilliant answer and i will give you an opportunity now just to speak to a young boy a young girl or even aged you know man woman who might be of a say similar mindset becoming so overwhelmed with the fear of maybe making mistakes but who god would have speak because from your own experience that would have been you so if you could just speak to someone who might be in a very similar situation helping them to know that god is the one who empowers yes definitely i testify this to everybody wherever i see to the glory of god and this is what uh, i would recommend anybody who is in a situation Uh, like well, how i am very, very shy and timid and afraid and don't want to do things or don't want to say things or comment or whatever be the case what i would say is take it to the lord in prayer that's what i did but for that you need to have a constant relationship with god wants to give his people meaning in the sense study a word pray this should be the way of life and that's what our parents taught us every morning and night we would read a bible in fact i used to get a bible reading plan every year i don't know how many times i read this bible so it became a way of life so as long as we are keeping in tune with god god keeps speaking to us i used to keep rejecting he used to keep telling me i want you to do this i want you to do this and uh, i said who me who me kind of a scenario uh, and uh, then um, still attending church doing everything uh, never went out of the church by god's grace but what i would want to say is if you are in a situation like how i was i would recommend sooner than later you better take it to the lord in prayer and say lord i simply prayed one day we'll talk about that if the situation permits uh, one day i prayed lord here am i you know me i'm dumb foolish know nothing shy afraid timid you put all the adjectives all of them included that was me and then i said here am i use me that's all i prayed and god took me from this side of the pendulum extreme and put me on this extreme that i fear nothing now there are so many testimonies i can tell wherever wherever there's nobody today who comes near me and if i don't know them i begin to tell them jesus is coming soon i don't care where it is whether it's police security whoever whatever be the case so if you take it to the lord and the lord see i want to say, give one caution here when we pray jesus says by your lips you serve me your hearts are far from it so from lips in my words is politics from heart is sincerity god reads our heart so he knows actually whether we mean what we say so i recommend pray from your heart 
and he will answer especially if it is for his name and glory and further furtherance of his cause praise the lord and using an advice a friend gave to me as you are putting it it's about owning the craft or developing the craft so it is not just to say i want to do and i want to do but you have to spend time as you have just pointed out to develop work on your skill sets and when the time is right god will call you forth now earlier you spoke about that damascus road experience and so i want to give you a chance now to continue from where you had left off where you had a damascus road encounter which should have been similar to paul on the way to damascus i said damascus experience because um, of the three day experience that paul had i too had a three day experience So as we grew up, I uh, studied to train to work in the laboratory as a biomedical scientist, and then eventually got married to my wife, who's a nurse. And uh, like most people in India and uh, third world countries, like to go to the Middle East or to Western countries to make money or better life. And so we did. After marriage, we decided uh, maybe we should go somewhere. We, in fact, we took a visa to the United States in 1990. and did not go that's god's plan for us i believe looking back now so in 1990 i decided okay let me go to gulf so we went to gulf to make some money and was there for 10 years to just make the testimony short so in 10 years by the grace of god to the glory of god we did a lot of work in terms of uh, our parents always practiced this we saw that and we learned about it and we did it as well meaning going the second mile going the second mile every day in everything to god's glory so that gave us good rewards when we were there in saudi arabia i was the chief of uh, the lab my wife was head of the ward there and we were recognized for our work i have to say this to the glory of god and we were given best employee awards by the ministry of health in the country eventually time came because of uh, our uh, testimonies that we have been doing and talking about god and things like this and uh, we had a thanksgiving service of for our son uh, who was born after 8 years between our daughter and our son so we wanted to give a thanksgiving service and in uh, the gulf countries uh, generally uh, they don't like you doing this kind of thing so we did that uh, because we had to give glory to god and uh, eventually what happened was uh, we were reported to the authorities that we are converting muslims so to say and uh, we were asked uh, we were asked to actually be deported in 3 days after being there for 10 years and so we said the lord we have been uh, diligent in all our ways by your nearness and mercy in fact going the second mile helping so many people and in fact the ones who we helped the most were the ones who kind of uh, reported us so in those 3 days was the most uh, disturbing days of our life just going on our knees more and asking lord what happened here we don't know what happened here we have not uh, lived in sin we have not done anything wrong we, all we have done is do what we know is right and so we had to leave and go back and that's when uh, for 3 months now i was back on my serious study and prayer and i asking god what to do what to do and then he says i want you to serve me okay who me i can't do anything i can't talk to nobody i i just make friends uh, the only talent uh, that i know of that i have is to play sport and i could play sport any sport you give it to me i pick up the sport and in no time people think this guy is uh, a pro 
that was my talent. So that, that's how it happened. And uh, since then, God put me on a path of training before he can make me stand up. So that's the road to Damascus experience. Amen. So for 10 years, you are a model citizen, being an expert. And then within three days, you had to pack up shop. <laughs> I mean, what was it like? You know, what were the thought processes, you know, before you get back to the part where God asked to serve? But for those three days, you know, what were some of the thoughts that would have entered your mind? You know, how did your family deal with all of that? We were just uh, shocked and overwhelmed. My wife, the day she came to know, she stopped going to work. She said, I can't take this. I don't know what happened here. I did nothing wrong, so to say. Did what is right all the time. We're just wondering, what have we done wrong, Lord? What have we done wrong? Show us if we have done anything wrong. But uh, the fact of the matter was we knew what was because the administrators told us of the allegation. And therefore, uh, we knew what the matter was. And hopefully, by God's grace, we did not do anything wrong in the sight of God, but uh, not in the sight of the local uh, situation. So we praise God uh, for that. And uh, we were just uh, disturbed and shattered. We have to give away almost everything that we had because we had a home with all things and everything else. We just gave away everything, packed our boxes and had to leave. So, uh, yeah, it was a serious condition. You know, many persons in your situation, they would have seen that as a turning point moment because it really was, but a turning point in the opposite direction. So for you, you went to God and you asked him, what next? And he told you, come, serve me. But for many persons, that would have been the moment they threw in the towel. And so the question I would want to ask, you know, why do you think there are so many individuals who find it difficult to trust God's plans for their lives? What I believe is uh, being raised as a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, we have been taught to study God's word and pray. That is routine. And uh, every morning, we have to have a devotion, morning worship, evening worship. We were told to have our own study individually when we raised, and then a whole family come together and study. That upbringing has kept in our mind, and we continue to do that all the years, even though we went abroad. Let me say this. We went abroad, actually, to make money, better life, like most people were doing. So we were looking for uh, Canaan land, so to say, on earth. And um, we did make lots of money, but by the grace of God, uh, most of the money has gone here and there and wherever. Anybody who asks us money, both of us have holes in our hands, so to say. Ten years a lot of people have lands and houses. We have none. I don't even have a land, a cent of land that I own. I don't have a house that I own, even till today. That's why I'm saying my testimonies are too many to the glory of God. So here, the problem we have is Proverbs 22.6, which simply says, train up a child when he's young, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. So if you're born and brought up in a Christian home, most families, that is lacking. I've seen it. After 59 years of life, I've seen it. So that training is lacking, and then children decide to do other things because they have not been molded and fashioned in the right path. I believe this is one of the causes. This may not be the only cause, but this is one of the main causes I see in my experience. So that training has to be done. And in fact, uh, I remember when I was growing up, 
if my father or mother said something to do or not to do, and if I go against what I did, my father would take out the belt. And I got a few beltings. That time, I used to think, why is my father beating all the other kids and all in the campus? I'm talking 720s campus. They are okay. We're not doing any simple things, only disobeying what the parents told do or don't do. Most of the kids, I have to say this, and it's a testimony to the glory of God, did whatever they wanted to do. Most parents did not uh, control them as much as my parents did. And I'm telling you, the kids that I grew up with, majority of them are not in good standing today at this day and age. So I'm telling you live experience. I'm not telling some theology and I did not study theology. Neither did I study psychology. All I studied is microbiology. I look everything in the microscope. So this is what I see that training. If you look at any religion, since we're talking to people in the world today too, if you look at any religion, every religion tells you should do this. This is right and this is wrong. But the problem even in every religion is not many people as parents emphasize this to the growing up children. I see this is the biggest problem. And that is why, because they don't have that grounded, established, foundational growth of life, so to say. They don't have that basis where they can turn to and depend on, which is God. So God is just one facet of life, not the facet of life. I believe that's the problem. That's what I believe. And as you said earlier, quoting from Isaiah, you said, Lord, Lord, with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Being a missionary, being an evangelist, being someone who is bold in proclaiming the word of God, I am sure you would have witnessed many miracles, both, both in your life or in the lives of those you have ministered unto. So what would have been some of the greatest miracles that you have personally experienced? So whether you want to pull from your story directly or from sto the story of someone you have met, what would have been some of the greatest miracles you'd have experienced? First miracle is in my own life. I have to talk about that first because uh, of who I was and who I am. That itself is a miracle. Permission granted. Proceed. Yeah, so that miracle is uh, the miracle of my life. Because uh, God put me on a training ground. I have to say this. How God works is like Moses. Moses was sent for 40 years into the wilderness before he could take the children of Israel and lead them out of Egypt to going to Canaan. So I had training as well, which the Lord put me through, which I did not know. Until now, I look back and see how the Lord trained me to be able to stand up and be his mouthpiece. As soon as we came back from uh, this Gulf country, one of my childhood uh, is senior to me. We studied in a Seventh Adventist boarding school in Narsapur in Andhra Pradesh, India. So he was a couple of years senior to me. He came around that time and he said, oh, nice to see you, man. We, we have met only after high school. This is the first time we are meeting. And we were quite close when we were in the school. So he said to me, what are you doing? I said, I, uh, I just came back and I told my experience and everything. And I said, oh, come with me. Let's go sell books to the schools. But I learned that he went to Spicer College. That's the... Uh, college in India where everybody studies and they get their degrees. So he used to go to the Europe and do coal portrait. He's a very good coal portrait. I know that. I heard it. So I said, okay, he's going to sell books. We're going to make money. Let's go. We can survive and uh, get some money income as well. I need a job now. I came back from, and so I need something to do. So I went with him. So he would do a couple of canvases and then he would um, ask me, now it's your turn. My turn? 
Dicky with canvas. No, 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 not me. So he kept pushing me until somehow I kind of memorized what he used to say, like a script, and just like a parrot repeat it. And that's how God uh, started using me, training me until uh, I, I can go through a lot. But uh, then ultimately, my parents, even as an adult, till my father died, he was the last one to die. My mother died in 2008. That is a different testimony. My father died in January 2017. That's another testimony. Even deaths are testimonies to the glory of God. Um, I was obedient. They are not alive to testify, but I can boldly say this because God is my witness. I've been an obedient child all my life. So my parents said, what are you running around across India selling books and doing this? We're not happy. Find a job. So we went to find a job. So now when I took a job in Vichavada, which is 50 kilometers from where my parents live, there I was doing this job. And now God gave me the courage to slowly talk one-to-one to people. Tell them what Jesus come. Tell them about health loss, new start and everything else. I put a whole banner of new start, all the description, everything. And anybody comes, if they point to it and ask something, I should keep explaining. Slowly, slowly, slowly. Until now, I got more courage to do something. 2005, we came to UK, United Kingdom. Let me pause back a little bit to finish off the miracle that actually happened ultimately. In 2000, when we went back, we thought we should go abroad again somewhere because we could not get used to the life back in India. I'm telling you, really, I'm, I'm a practical person. I don't talk unnecessary things. So we could not adapt back in the culture and the life there because we've been abroad, had seen better life. If you understand what I'm saying, meaning comfortable life, so to say. So now going back, losing all those comforts was a shock for the system of our lives for 10 years. So we just had to go back. So again, we applied and we got a visa for Canada, did not go. So third time now, when we were impressed after a few years, we stayed in India from 2000 to 2004. So we tried to fit in by God's grace, but we could not fit in. So this time I prayed now because I'm on the path of reformation in my life and my family's life. Path of reformation started from 2000. So I said, Lord, if you want us to go, give us a visa. Otherwise, don't give us the visa. We already took two visas and didn't go. So I said, if you want us to go, give us the visa. Otherwise, don't give. And we applied. And he gave us the visa for the third time to United Kingdom and we arrived here. And I said, Lord, if you want us to serve you, only give the visa. So now I came and began to seriously again studying and more light was given. And the miracle now is this. In 2006, I came to Daniel chapter 1. And I studied Daniel chapter 1 and that hit me hard in my face, on the head, wherever you say, all over the body or whatever you want to say. It hit me like a rock as if it crushed me because I loved my meat. I used to eat tons of meat when I was in the Gulf and almost every day without meat, kind of no food. And I saw what Daniel 1 was trying to tell, that the spirit was working with me. What happened there in Daniel 1 Can it be possible that it can happen today in the 21st century? That was my question. And I said, Lord, if you did that to Daniel, I was impressed to ask this. It is the Holy Spirit who makes you ask things as well. Uh, Lord, if you did that to Daniel, will you do it to me? Now, seriously, God knows it's coming from here, not here. This is not politics. Sincerely, I'm asking, if you did that to Daniel, will you do that to me? And the Lord impressed me. I am the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So I said, okay, then I'm going to do this. I'm not going to eat from the king's table, the meat, 
anyway i was not drinking any alcohol or teas and coffees we never i don't know how they taste even a tea and all of those things so it's only the meat issue so i said i'm not going to eat meat i'm going to stop eating meat but i can't do it because i love my meat i love the fish and i love the chicken and i love the lamb i love the beef and I, everything one of them should be there every day in our meat so i said lord i can't do this but i want to do it but i can't do it so you enable me to do it and what happened in daniel to daniel has to happen to me that's the miracle that day i stopped eating meat the rest is history what happened to daniel happened to me real time that's the miracle i'll stop there i can go on and on but i'll stop there amen the miracles that we experience you know just recently someone asked me a question does god still speak to people nowadays as he spoke to persons in the past so we know when we read the bible the bible tells us that holy men of god wrote as they were inspired by the holy spirit so he was wondering does the holy spirit still inspires people today and i will put that very you know same question to you but of course in a different way we know god speak to us and he speaks to us in a myriad of different ways so how does god most often speak to you the most often way that the lord speaks to me is through the study of the word of god when i study like i said since childhood i don't know how many times i read it from genesis 1 to revelation 22 in the year because i was told to do i was doing a duty of reading so surface reading i wouldn't bother what is being said there read it is my job i did it but after my reformation started in the year 2000 i began studying the word of god now the word of god is talking to me that is god is talking to me he also talks to me even otherwise but predominantly the word of god and that is what has led me so far and will continue to lead me that is the most amazing way that i would recommend everybody that's why i keep telling stop reading the bible when i stand up to speak in some of the churches i say stop reading the bible they look at me what is this man telling to tell us to do stop reading the bible yeah stop reading the bible start studying the bible yes the bible says study to show thyself approved unto god and it's true because if you read then it's a surface knowledge but when you study you dig very deep into the word of god has god ever given you an assignment that you said god no no i i don't want this one i had a serious assignment given to me and i said uh, who me so in my journey in 2015 i went to attend my um, nephew's wedding my sister my only sister i have her son's wedding in jalandhar india by now i'm already standing up and speaking by god's grace so they asked me you do the message and uh, the union president from the um, area where we come from that is east central india union president came to do the vows and the formalities so after the wedding now this president the union president he comes to me and says robert he knows me as well he we all studied together in uh, narsapur boarding school all of us go to local people go to that boarding school from a few states so he knows me from school days as well but he knows me to be shy and all of that and everything else everybody who studied with me knows who i am, who i was let me say that now he says to me i want you to come he was recently appointed as the union president he says i want you to come 
and train pastors in all of the conferences on final events of Bible prophecy. So what? Train pastors? Who, me? You know I didn't study theology. I work in the hospital. What will I train them? They're all graduates of theology. I just laughed it off and came back to UK. And uh, he said, no, 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 the Holy Spirit impressed me to say. He said that and we discussed a few things and we departed. I thought it's over. Sorry, that was uh, 2016. 2017, my father died in January. We took to bury him. That's a different testimony. I'm not going there. So when we went to bury, he came because he's the local uh, union president. He knows my father. He knows all of us. So he came for the funeral. And now after the funeral is over, he asked me, when are you coming? What? Are you serious? I thought you were joking. When are you coming? I said, me, what will I come and tell them? What will I do? He says, I want you to do a series for one week, whole day long. That's four days, Monday to Thursday. So Friday, they can go back to their churches, wherever they are and sort themselves. Four days, what will I do? Me, what will I tell them? These are theology graduates. If they're lay people, okay, I can go and stand up and maybe by God's grace, God will put something. I'm telling you, that was a shock. But to the glory of God, by now I learned to say when God says go, go. Don't say no, because uh, he will take care of the, all the other issues. And I'm telling you, I went there by God's grace. I already have, was preparing presentations. I had lots of PowerPoints, a lot of study and research. So my computer was full of files and folders and everything else and so many things uh, all packed up. So the Lord was saying, you have all this information. Just go share it. I went in one place, I have to say, power cut. So no computer, no projector, nothing. Now I have to stand for three days, no, four days without anything. Just stand up and do seminars for pastors. But I'm telling you, to the glory of God, we went through those four days by the leading of the Holy Spirit, just holding the Bible. Because all my, I did not have a notebook with notes. Everything was on the computer and it's off. The laptop is dead. God is amazing. I've been to a lot of conferences, hundreds of pastors, not just that. When this started, God opened ways that we were able to go and do seminars for hundreds of non-Adventist pastors. Not only that, God opened such a way in this process. I started my trips and I go and then he opened such a way that he sent me to most of the Adventist institutions across India, across Bangladesh and some parts of Africa to do series in Adventist institutions and Adventist churches on Fridays and Saturdays and on um, Sundays to numerous non-Adventist churches on a Sunday morning, Pentecostal, Baptist church, Lutheran church, beat whatever church, until the lockdown came. This mission, he gave it to me and I could not even comprehend if uh, before the year 2000, that God will be using me to do such a thing as this. I'll stop there. You don't have to stop. You know, there's a famous saying we have in Adventism that God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. And that is your life in a personal sense. Now, I wanted to talk to us a little bit about your ministry. I know you have more than one, but maybe this was the first one the BE Ready Ministries. If you could tell us maybe how it got started, what are some of the things that you do? I did go online and I noticed that you have quite a lot of resources among other things, but 
I am the best person to speak to it. So I'll give you an opportunity to say, you know, how it got started, what are some of the things you do and the rest. Sure. So like I said, my biggest miracle happened in 2006 in my life. So then I was now seriously impressed. This gospel should go far and wide. And um, I was saying, Lord, so I began frantically searching the Adventist bookstore, ABC, and looking for a leaflet or a small booklet. Not the Great Controversy. The Great Controversy is a great book I give out, but I wanted something concise. That's what I was impressed because in the 21st day and age, majority wouldn't read a big book. Majority of the young people, small snippet, you give them, they can whisk through and done. And it should be attractive as well. So I was impressed. That's what I was impressed, Lord, because uh, I have to go a step back to say, when I was in India, when my parents told me to do a job, I went there to a hospital and I worked there. I set up so many things to the glory of God. In fact, they were amazed that what God made me able to do in that place. Even today, if I go there, actually some of the people salute me, literally salute me with their hand like this for the work that I've done in that place. So there, the Lord was impressing me. You're afraid to speak? print. So I used to print pamphlets there back in India and give out. To give out, I used to be afraid. So I was in charge of the youth uh, in the church of uh, almost 200 youth because our church was almost a thousand church. Imagine the peer pressure I had that I grew up with. So uh, I used to take the youth. I used to stand at the back, give them the literature to go and give out. (laughs) That was me. So now coming here to the UK, now completely transformed. uh, Renewal of my life started And uh, I said, Lord, I want to go now and talk. I'm ready. I want to go to my neighbors. We lived in a place called Harlow in Essex in the United Kingdom. So I was looking on ABC. I could not find one comprehensive, brief, concise booklet that you can give out as a one-off, which will have kind of a panoramic view of everything and the three angels message and so to say. And the Lord said, come on now, put one together. So for uh, two years... From 2006 to 2008, I came up with this Be Ready. If anybody wants to see this booklet, it's on our website. On The original uh, booklet, which we published in 2008, is on the website beready.org. But if you want to see the updated version completely, it's in one PDF on prophecylife.org. That's our third ministry that we started during the lockdown. On the prophecylife.org, on the website, towards the top of the information page you have a be ready as a pdf that's the booklet i'm talking about we started this and then um, by god's grace for two years gave it for editing to some pastors and elders five people edited it and we saw that it's uh, biblically right and sound and we put it into circulation and then we were impressed we are going to circulate hand to hand wherever locally and whatever be the case but what about the world so we are impressed to start a website. So we started the website so that that information is also on the web so that anywhere in the world people can read it. So that's how we already started. And by the grace of God, this booklet, we have updated it. And um, more than 50,000 in some 30 odd countries, it has gone to, to the glory of God. So that's how our ministry started with Be Ready. But we started doing other ministries as well as time went by. Amen. If you should go on the Be Ready website, as he has shared, it's beready.org. That's B-E-Y-E-R-E-A-D-Y dot O-R-G. There is a section where he has downloads and there are lots of resources you can download. There are PowerPoint presentations 
Bible study guides, among other things. So it's a wonderful website that you can go to. And I should also add that there are links to many other sites, sites such as Discovery Bible Lessons, Sabbath School Lesson, HopeTalk.com, Amazing Facts, Hope Channel. So it's kind of like a one-stop shop for everything. You spoke also about another ministry where persons are able to get the complete updated version of the pamphlet that you said you started circulating that led to the BE Ready website, which is prophecylive.org. I'm not sure if the listeners got everything. So if you could just run through that part another time. Let me just say one more thing. So once we printed this booklet, we went door to door in Harlow and we would knock on doors. We would have covered more than 10,000 homes in our community. We were impressed that we need to do something locally, not just uh, in churches and other places. So anyway, as time went by, I'd have to talk about another ministry before I come to the final ministry that we're doing right now. In 2017, see how God works as he works with the people who are willing to give their time. That's all he wants. God wants willing bodies. You don't have to know anything. I did not know anything, even though I grew up in the church, but a lot of things are in the head. But we think we know nothing, but God knows that we have been trained. So. He will use people who are willing. And that's what uh, I've seen in my own experience. So while doing these things, we are impressed. A lot of sickness and disease is there. Let us do something for healing. And as I was studying the spirit of prophecy, I learned medical missionary work. Let me say this, what the spirit brought to my mind just now. We are living in the last days. I believe this is the last generation. That's what I believe. So I was impressed that we need to do this work, medical missionary work. So that people can be relieved of the sickness because Jesus' method only works. Jesus did more missionary work than he preached. You can read the Gospels. That's what you would see. So I was impressed. We have to do this. Jesus' method works. And so we went on to think about starting a small lifestyle center according to God's grace. So in 2017, before the year started, we sat down, chucked out plans, and we decided as a family, Now, this is another testimony. As a family, we decided to now give our three T's. Three T's. First T is time. Second T is talent. Third T is treasure. I like to use uh, catching uh, phrases so that people will remember. I could have said money, but three T's. Time, talent, treasure. Treasure means money. We don't have any other treasure. I don't have silver and gold. Silver and gold have I not. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ. So, after our salaries come in, all our bills are wiped out, meaning gone out, direct debits. So we keep certain amount for our food and travel and that's it. The rest of whatever we hand, by God's grace, we earn quite a bit of money in salaries, both me and my wife. So all of that is gone. That's another testimony. I will leave it uh, for another time. Let me talk about the ministry. So now, since we did that, we put all our money and God puts you to test. I'm telling you, there was a serious test. When you make a commitment, the first thing you'll have is a test. And that that has repeatedly happened in my life. But God is good. He's amazing. He'll see you through the test. He gives you the courage to go through the test. So we wanted to do this. So I went to study because uh, you need the qualification to set up a lifestyle center. So I went to study MD Naturopathy. So I went and did MD Naturopathy for two years. I think 2014 to 16. I finished by 16 so that we can start something in 17. That was the plan. We decided this and we launched Olive Bible Health ministry 
I wanted to put the word Bible there to identify who we are. It's our family ministry. My mother-in-law's name is Olive. So I was impressed to use that name and it, it's biblical as well. Olive Bible Health Ministry. They said simply call it Olive Health Ministry. But I said, no, I wanted to emphasize the world when they see, they should know who we are. We are biblical based ministry. So Olive Bible Health Ministry, we started. We talked to the church, took it through the church and went to the conference and got the conference approval. And uh, under their banner, we went around so many towns and villages doing health expos, reaching the gospel of health and Jesus coming as well. So that's what we started. And we were doing that until March 2020, when the lockdown happened. When the lockdown happened, before this, I used to go five, six, seven times a year, every single vacation. I told my family from 2015, holidays are over. It is now ministry time. By the grace of God, when I say that to my family, let me also give insight to people who are listening to what I'm saying. My family, to the glory of God, all of us have been to 27 countries. So don't think I did not uh, give my family holidays. I gave them the maximum holidays a lot of people can only dream about, to the glory of God. So I said, holidays are over now. All our time, talent, money is for ministry. I used to go, not one day I would take as a holiday to sit back or go somewhere just to put your hands up and put your feet up. No, to serve the Lord. So until lockdown came. So now I'm telling you the final ministry that uh, we're talking about. Prophecylife.org. In the year uh, 2019, October, I was called to Washington to do a series in one church. So when I was doing the series, when I was going to Washington now, I wanted to see if I can meet all my schoolmates, classmates, friends who are there in Washington, because Washington is a nexus of a lot of our Indian Adventists, especially in Maryland. So I called one or two whom I know, and I called and inquired who all are there. Tell me who I will know. So I said, inform all of them I'm coming. I want to meet them. Even if they don't attend my series, it's okay. Tell them to come one day. We just can meet. One of my classmates, we grew up in Newsweek together. We studied in the same class up to high school. And then he went to Spicer. I went to do my degree out in science, which is not in Spicer. We parted and uh, we met there now in Washington in 2019, October. And so then uh, we said, uh, nice, we had a chat and everything else. And we came back. Lockdown happened. So the church where I did, one member was asking this, my friend, he runs a church in Washington. Told him, why don't you invite him to do an online uh, series for your church? We also want to attend because it's all online now. So you can sit in the house at a time. He called me and talks went back and forth. And then ultimately they said, why just one short series? Why don't we start a series? And uh, we started the series on 25th April, 2020. And uh, this, this friend of mine, see how God works. He wanted to start Prophecy Live series and uh, he found one speaker but the speaker uh, with group and uh, he was waiting for a couple of years before he could find uh, somebody else who's willing to come into their time to do series and there you go here i am uh, where i have learned not to say no in fact my days are very busy every day i have to speak somewhere every day <laughs> somewhere across the world sitting in my house to the glory of god the sky is open in fact uh, the spirit brings me to mind to say that three angels message and I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven that's what is happening right now in the midst of heaven the messages are going across the world in the lockdown 
That is how Prophecy Life came to pass. So from 25th April, 2020, every Sabbath, Saturday night, we get together and we upload messages. And there's lots of presentations. The PowerPoint presentations are all converted to PDF, uploaded on the website. Extra information also is uploaded for every topic. And YouTube links are there. If people just want to only listen, no time to read or study, they can listen to. So to the glory of God, we have 91 messages and still counting to the glory of God. That is prophecylive.org during the lockdown. So until God permits or allows Satan to refrain us doing, we shall do to the glory of God. Let me say one thing what the Spirit brought to my mind. I had so many near-death experiences. We stopped counting. I'm talking about more than 10. Okay, more than the fingers that I have. So I have no more fingers to count. So we stopped counting. So I told my wife and my children, my daughter and my son, we have two children as well. They're all adults. My daughter is married. My son is uh, close to marriage. He doesn't have anybody to marry, but he's close to that age. I told to them, I don't want to die in the hospital. God knows this. I don't want to die in the house. If at all death comes, before I say that, let me say this. My desire is to be in the 144,000. God fulfilled all my desires. Oh, those testimonies are amazing. I didn't have too many desires though, only three. So now I have a fourth desire because those three desires are fulfilled. So my only desire now is to be in 144,000. So now having said that, I said, if death comes, if God wants me to die before he comes again, I want to die in the battlefield. So here we are to serve the Lord. Prophecy Life, I would recommend go check. You have a lot of information there of current events. It's all about prophecy. And what is happening in Christendom today, even those topics are addressed. Whatever is happening around the world today is being presented there as studies. It's not simply some preaching. It is studies. So there's a lot of information. That is prophecylive.org. All right. So you have heard the ministries that Brother Robert Fatimpuri has just shared with us. So he spoke first about beready.org. That's the ministry that he started maybe about 10 years ago. But in recent times, last year, prophecylive.org. And just to give you the information, it is P-R-O-P-H-E-C-Y-L-I-V-E dot O-R-G. And he has outlined to you that for over a year, when I'm looking at the site and since April 25th, that's the first upload I'm seeing every week right throughout the year. So for 2020 and 2021, everything is there up to the last upload would have been January 8th, all right? And if you should hop onto the website, you are able to see the different time zones. So you can join via Zoom. And as he said, you can go Facebook, YouTube, even Twitter to connect. And the other ministry, it is olivebiblehealth.org. That's O-L-I-V-E-B-I-B-L-E-H-E-A-L-T-H dot O-R-G. And that's another wonderful ministry because there are so many different headings. You don't only have the health center, but there's ministry projects, health ministry, literature ministry, evangelism training. There's another question I want to pose to you just before we <laughs> should run away. Uh, I will give you an easy question. What is the easiest thing about being a Christian? Many times we focus on what is so difficult. What's the easiest thing about being a Christian? That is a simple question, but sometimes a challenging question because a lot of people have um, 
difficulty answering such a question what is so easy thing to be a christian i believe in my understanding and my experience that i had is um, to simply do what you are told to do when i say that i'm saying trust and obey for there's no other way and uh, that's how at least we were brought up we were taught to trust the lord and do that so when god says if he's speaking to you through the bible that's predominantly how god speaks when you study the bible so when you read whatever is there just apply it real time don't think the old testament was all histories and stories new testament was uh, after jesus came some more stories to read like some bible story book and over no this is real time application for us and everything you read there is for me that's how i learned to look so the easiest thing for me was after my reformation started as i began studying the word so i would recommend everybody the easiest thing to do is study the word of god as if it is talking to you that's the easiest thing i would say at least from my experience in my life the easiest thing when you read the word of god view it as if it's speaking directly to you and then it will give you the power the interest the passion to be obedient my guest today is elder robert wg thatimpuri he's an international evangelist and founder of be ready ministries he has traveled to many countries he has done training seminars right across the world and i'm sure you might be looking forward to him coming to your church to do training but as is customary elder just before you go do you have any parting words to share with our listeners yes definitely i have to tell everybody time is short jesus is about to come and uh, let me address three groups the first primary group revelation 1217 group revelation 1217 talks about that the dragon is wrought with the woman that is all of christianity and went to make war with the remnant of her seed and the only people there are 44000 plus christian denominations today of all of these the only people who can claim that words that is there as the remnant of her seed is seventh day adventists so i'm not speaking to seventh day adventists seventh day adventists how can i conclusively say that because it identifies who they are the remnant of our seed it simply says they keep the commandments of god and the testimony of jesus christ so the bible interprets itself we don't need anybody to interpret anything for us and that's what you will see even in our studies so here if you see testimony of jesus christ is identified in revelation 19:10 the last part identified as the spirit of prophecy so the spirit of prophecy some people will say it is not the writings of ellen white but i conclusively say it's the writings of ellen white because the spirit of prophecy existed from genesis till revelation god raised a prophet gave a message of prophecy for that generation for that time so for the last time this is the prophecy so i would recommend as seven day adventists people should have these two attributes to be ready for jesus coming because the bible word of god predominantly talks to us the spirit of prophecy give us more insight of how we ought to live so that is for 720 restoration of the article in the sanctuary that was trampled upon by papacy in the 1260 day time period is being restored to the 2300 day time period of protestant reformation the last church coming up to restore the 10 commandments in the most holy place so there is a work to do and this gospel shall be preached in all the world as a witness and then shall the end come 
meaning people need to see the Lord. So what we do and say, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether therefore eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Matthew 5 talks about you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world and all of that. So people need to see who we are. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So people need to see us to be different in our words, thoughts and actions. That is seven advantage. What about Christians? The three angels message of Revelation 14, 6 to 12 is being identified in my words. The last message of love from God to humanity. Because it says, and I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach on them that dwell on the earth to every nation, kindred, tongue and people. So nobody's left out. It's all inclusive message from God to humanity in this generation. So Christians need to understand the second angel's message, which is Babylon is fallen. Babylon fell long back, even before Jesus came. We don't have Babylon today. So Babylon is symbolically the system that we have. Babylon is system that exists even today. So the call is to come out of Babylon because Babylon is fallen. And the third angel's message of love from God, Revelation 14, you see it from 9, 10, and 11, is what is need to be warned about. It simply talks about Sunday worship. If you study that whole passage, it breaks down that the first four commandments of God are broken. All the first four commandments which have regard to do with God are broken. If you don't understand, you can go to our website and look and study more and understand how the first four commandments are broken with the name, with the image, with the number of the beast. What I would recommend, people study and see what God is warning for humanity today. If you continue worshipping on Sunday, because whatever reason, most Christians give resurrected on Sunday. Jesus resurrected on Sunday, first day of the week. So that's why we celebrate and we worship on Sunday. God is to be worshipped every day. But he gave a commandment to say, keep the seventh day Sabbath holy. The day has to be kept holy to do the Lord's will and his purpose in our lives and spend time with him and so on and so forth. So I would recommend come out of Babylonish systems. There are so many things I can say, but for want of time, I'll stop there. So the call is to come out and worship the creator God as found in Revelation 14, 6 and 7, meaning go back to creation, six days creation, Six days work, seventh day rest. That falls on Saturday today. And most countries in the world, in their own languages, simply identify Saturday as Sabbath. You can go and check them out for yourself. Why is it? Because God said it so. And God is saying, remember. Because God obviously knows that people will forget. That's the only commandment which use the word remember. That's Christians. What about non-Christians? Let me address them too. History divides the ages into BC and AD. The whole world knows this. If you don't understand it, go check history books. I'm not taking you to the Bible. I'm telling you, check the history books. Check the history books. Why is the world divided? And what happened to divide? It is Jesus that came to this earth and divided the history of this world. So it's called before Christ. And some people call it after death of Christ. If you see AD and BC, you are living in AD today. And you would definitely know if you studied history as you grew up in schools, they teach you about BC and history and all what happened. Jesus came to die for all human beings, to restore them back to be with God forever. If you think that Jesus Christ is for Christians only, no. He came to this earth to die for man. And if you think 
and reason together because that's what God is saying. Come, let us reason together. There is no man that ever was born on planet Earth who has done this. No man. You call any God that exists on this world today, there's more than three million gods. No God has done anything like that for any human being. Think. Put your thinking caps on. Think. Study. And I would want to conclude by saying to everybody, all the three groups, Adventists, Christians, and non-Christians, to simply say this, the Bible is not a religious book for Christians. It's more than an encyclopedia of what God is telling humanity. It starts with how God created the world, ends with living forever with God. So why I'm saying is more than an encyclopedia, because the encyclopedia only has history. It has the history from the beginning. And it's telling you what is happening right now. And it's telling you what is going to happen and how people tell children's story and they lived happily ever after. That is going to come. But immediately for us, there is going to be a law. We are living in Revelation chapter 13. In fact, three chapters is the best to say. I would recommend study Revelation 12, 13, 14. 12 is the great controversy that began in heaven and is happening on earth. It's conclusively, I quoted 17 verse. That's the last verse. These people are raised to proclaim what is happening in Revelation 13. First piece, papacy, second piece, America coming together, forcing the people to force worship on the false day, which is Sunday. The Sunday movement is gaining steam. One day rest, climate change movement, green Sabbath, so many terms coined to that Sunday rest. And eventually it's going to be a forced worship day, preventing everybody else from worshiping any other day. It's coming. That's what the spirit of prophecy clearly tells to us. If you want to have, live in a life where there will be no sickness, no sorrow, no job, all these jobs won't be there. You'll be only living in the countryside with uh, uh, beautiful uh, homes that you build and the vineyards you grow and whatever be the case. That's the description if you read Isaiah 66 and so on and so forth. So that is what God wants to do. Restore man into his image that he created Adam and Eve to live happily. That's the, one of the reasons he created human beings, to be with them physically. And that's what is going to happen. That's the blessed hope I want to give all of you. I hope and pray that you'll be encouraged. We praise God. You've been in tune to Upward Way. Do join us again next week when we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. Subscribe to weekly episodes on the Apple, AWR, Loud Voice, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podcast Guru apps. You're also welcome to visit Upward Way Facebook page. Click like and leave a comment. Until then, I am Marlon Walter saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to the Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.